Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I feel like so much has changed since last week. So you've probably seen already on my Instagram, if you follow me there, because the entire last week has been nonstop spam of this, but I adopted the cutest little angel kitty a week ago today, actually. I'm recording this on a Thursday. I, I adopted her last Thursday, and I wanted to share the story about how this came about because it's actually been such a blessing and manifestation and divine synchronicity in my life that turned out to be so much more than I expected. So a few months ago, well, first off, I've always been a dog person. And a few months ago, I woke up one morning literally randomly out of nowhere and suddenly felt an intense urge to have a cat. I don't know where it came from. I've always wanted a dog. I've never really thought about having a cat before. And one day I woke up with the inspiration. And so I set the intention to have a kitty in my life. I decided that I wasn't going to force it. I wasn't going to search for one. I wasn't going to go out and look really hard for one. But if a kitten showed up in my life, I would know she's meant to be mine. And my roommate and I actually decided together this is what we were going to do and that we were going to name her Destiny because it would be our destiny if she showed up in our lives. For me, it's really important that if I were to have a pet, that my pet would choose me because I believe that we have soul contracts with our pets as well. So fast forward a month or two later, a friend actually sends me a picture of a kitten that was up for adoption. She had been found abandoned in the street in the town that I live in and brought to the animal shelter. And a friend sent the photo to me because she's just this beautiful cat with bright green eyes. And the moment I saw her picture, I knew that she was mine. And a few days later, I went to the animal shelter to go visit her to see if she really was mine. And I walked into the room and the room had three cats. There was two kittens and one older cat. And I walk in and there's an orange kitten and the older cat who both completely ignore me. I go to pet the orange kitten and the orange kitten literally has all this sass and turns and walks the other way, right? Like both those cats want nothing to do with me and my and my roommate who came together. We came together and I sit on the bed next to the kitty with the green eyes who I had a feeling was mine. And the second I sit down, she comes right up to me. She rubs up on my leg and then snuggles right next to me and doesn't move. She just lays as close as she possibly can get to my leg and falls asleep there. And in that moment, I knew that she had chosen me and she had recognized me. She had recognized my soul and my soul had recognized her and it felt like Yeah, it just, it felt right. And actually, as I'm saying this, she was just across the room. And right as I was talking about it feeling right and her choosing me, she jumped up onto my bed. And right when I said that, she sat there and she stared into my eyes. Cats know so much. But it's been so magical because from the moment I brought her home, we have been just inseparable. She follows me everywhere. She loves to be cuddling with me. And especially the first few days when I I was spending all day in bed with her and there were quite a few moments where I'd be laying on my bed and she would come and she would lay on top of my heart and she would just lay there and purr and she would just cuddle up on top of my heart and purr and fall asleep. And it actually led me, like this experience led me through a few really intense emotional releases where I found myself just crying, sobbing really for no knowable reason. I didn't feel actively sad. I didn't feel angry. 
it's almost like I just felt neutral, but the tears wouldn't stop coming. And I, what I know was actually happening is that she was helping to heal my heart energetically. She was helping me to soften a little bit more and to open my heart a little bit more. And in doing so, there were a lot of pent up emotions there that wanted to be let out and they wanted to be let out without any stories attached to them. And that's exactly what happened in the first few days. There were many of these moments where I was just sobbing uncontrollably for no apparent reason when she came to be with me and when she came to lay on me or to cuddle with me. And I can't even describe the healing that I feel like I've experienced since she's entered my life. It's only been a week now. I got her, I think a week ago today, I brought her, I brought her home with me and I've never felt a bond like this with any animal. I know that we have a really strong soul contract and I've spent many lives together. But on top of that, I didn't expect this kind of deep healing. The kind of healing and emotional releases I've experienced with her help. And I know that she's here. That's part of her purpose is to help me with that at this time in my life. Her help has led me through the kind of heart opening experience that I've typically only experienced in really deep, deep, deep meditations with a lot of support from high level mentors. And I know that she came into my life at this exact time period for a reason because the intention in the past few months of my life as I've been slowing down my business and other areas of life has really been healing and opening my heart and softening and reconnecting to my feminine essence. And it's been a journey of opening my heart. It's, it's, been life-changing and also very challenging and I think that this was kind of the last piece that I needed to help me to really soften into myself and open to the extent that I meant to be opened so that I can attract the love that's actually meant to be in my life and the reason I'm sharing all of this this story with my kitten is because I know I've said this quite a few times and I always say it and it's that you don't need to force your healing journey. You don't need to effort your way or hustle your way or force your way into healing. And I know there's a lot of, okay, if I want to attract love or relationship, I need to heal this, this, and this. Or if I want to attract more money, I need to heal this, this, and this. But this is coming from the energy of doing. I need to do something to be worthy of what I want rather than I already am worthy than I want. I already am worthy of everything I want. I don't need to do anything other than be present with my life and follow my instincts, inspiration, intuition as it leads me moment to moment, regardless of how logical it feels. And this is one of those instances where I know that a piece of deep healing that I needed has been taking place over the past week with this kitten, with the healing she's helping me do with my heart. And I did not go to adopt a kitten with the intention of healing, with the intention of opening my heart, with the intention of emotional release, with none of these intentions. In fact, it didn't even seem logical for me to get a kitten. And I've never wanted one in my life, right? Why would I suddenly commit to an animal when I've never desired a kitten in my life? But I know that I can trust my intuition. I can trust my inspiration. And when I woke up, with this instant knowing, like instantaneous knowing that I was meant to be with a cat. I trusted that. I let go of all of the logical reasons why I shouldn't have one, and there's many. But I trusted my instincts, and when I did that, life guided me into my the next experience I needed for the next stage of healing and opening and softening in my life so that I can prepare myself for what I know that I am attracting into my reality and this is how we move through life with ease I set the intention of what I desire to attract into my reality I made an unconditional commitment to myself to follow my inspiration and intuition no matter how crazy it is or how illogical it seems and I committed to that I didn't try to heal myself I didn't have to force it. I didn't have to do a bunch of journal prompts or buy a bunch of courses, although sometimes that is the inspired action. But I see a lot of people efforting to heal themselves in order to feel worthy enough to attract what they want when, you know, you you don't need fixing. You can't fix something that was never broken and you're not broken. But so many of us go about this healing journey trying to fix ourselves so we can become good enough to attract what we want. It can be easier. 
What if you could trust that life was always supporting your healing process? What if you could trust that your only job is to be more present in your reality and to tune into your intuition? What if you knew that you were completely supported and guided in ways that are invisible to you right now? And that all you have to do is listen to your deepest inspiration, your highest excitement, and the whispers of your intuition. And this is how it almost always works when we manifest from a surrendered place. The things you think you need to do to get where you want to go or to manifest what you want are almost never what you actually need. Life will always bring you what you need. Life will always trigger out of you. The next thing that is ready to be healed. Life will always bring you the people, the experiences, the animals, the places, the environments that are most conducive to your highest timeline. But it's up to us to receive, to follow our intuition, to follow these nudges that we get and to trust them. Even when it doesn't really align with weight. I thought I needed to do X, Y, Z to manifest what I wanted. But I'm getting all of these like inspirations and internal urges to do this and that doesn't align with what I thought I wanted to do so you know what instead I'm gonna just forget about those urges they're probably wrong and I'm gonna keep doing what I think I need to do to get what I want and this is when we we begin to force this is when we begin to try to manipulate reality uh this is I think I've used this example before but trying to manifest like that like this is like trying to dam a river with your bare hands. It is going to burn you out. You can trust your excitement, your inspiration, your deepest desires. You can trust yourself. Life is always guiding you and supporting you even when it doesn't make sense. And life speaks to you through your own urges, inspirations, excitement, and intuition. I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. Like what, what are those intuitive nudges or just bursts of inspiration that you've had, but you're not acting on because it doesn't make logical sense or doesn't fit into what you think the path needs to look like to get where you want to go. Like I know without a shadow of a doubt that this kitten is helping me open my heart so that I can attract the kind of love and relationship that I, de- that I desire. I know that without a shadow of a doubt, it has been made so clear to me. My entire being knows it. But if someone would have told me, okay, Kristen, if you want to attract the partner that you desire, you need to go adopt a cat, I would have laughed in their face. That's silly, right? But that's my path. That is part of my path. We can never predict our own paths, our own healing journeys, and what it's going to take for us to actually attract the best case scenario for ourselves, which is why attracting and magnetizing with ease takes an immense amount of trust and a willingness to blindly follow your intuition. And while we're on the topic of love and relationships, I know I mentioned like my biggest, my biggest intention right now has been softening and opening my heart. And I've been working a lot with healing my relationship to my inner feminine and also to the masculine in general in life. And something that I've tasked myself with this week is purposefully setting an intention to receive from the masculine and tasking myself to choose to focus on every single moment in which I'm receiving from a masculine figure in my life and to feeling and expressing my appreciation And I've been doing this. I've been noticing just even like little things like someone opening a door for me or, you know, the guy who gives me coffee asking me how I am genuinely and smiling at me. I've been really taking moments to breathe in my appreciation for these moments and really feel grateful for all of the masculine figures in my life who have ever supported me or been there for me. And I've continued to do this and it's crazy how it shifted my reality. It's, you know... Suddenly, all of these men in in my life who already always support me and are there for me are suddenly showing up in in ways that they've never shown up before. I'm just receiving more support than I ever have. I, you know, and of course, what we focus on and appreciate actively expands in our realities. And I'm experiencing this. The more that I focus on and appreciate the men in my life, the more they are motivated and inspired to show up for me and support me and be there for me and. 
I was thinking about this. I was literally on a walk yesterday thinking about how grateful I was for a male friend of mine who my car had a problem and he took the car to the mechanic for me, figured everything out for me, just took care of everything. I didn't have to do anything. And I was thinking how grateful I am to have such amazing, amazing men in my life. And I got home and five minutes later, I hear a knock on the door and I go to my front door and it is another friend of mine, uh, a man who I have no romantic relationship with, with a bar of chocolate because he knows that he knows exactly what kind of chocolate is my favorite. And that morning, I remember thinking, wow, I don't have any chocolate. I always have chocolate in my fridge. I remember just thinking, oh, what a bummer. I don't have time to go get chocolate today. Five hours later, chocolate is delivered to my door. And he said, like, there was no reason. He just kind of, like, had a feeling he wanted to bring me chocolate. Uh, It just moments like that. And this morning, the next day, this morning, I woke up. My my roommate is, um, is a man. And... I told, he asked me if I wanted to have breakfast and I told him I didn't have time because I felt really inspired and wanted to just get to work. And so I go up to my room and I start working and 15 minutes later, there's a knock on my door and there he is with a plate of food. He made me an egg sandwich and brought me a cup of orange juice. And I've had friends, male friends of mine offering to give me rides places out of nowhere. I've... I literally mentioned to one of my friends how much I love plants and he brought me a basil plant to my house. It's just, it's, it's like, it's nonstop receiving, 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 receiving from the masculine. And I've mentioned this topic on the podcast before, and it seems like every time I go deeper into this, the more I receive and the more I open up and it just really goes to show that the relationship that we have with men in our lives It's really easy for us to blame the men in our lives and to say they don't know how to show up for me or they're lazy or they don't want to do it or I want them to want to do it. But we negate our part in every relationship. It's a two-way street, energetically speaking. We need to, the feminine needs to initiate energetically to unconsciously inspire the masculine to show up. That's how the energies interact. And so if we're unconsciously nitpicking, if we're not expecting the masculine figures in our lives to show up for us, if we're projecting the past on the present, if we're not appreciating what we are receiving when we are receiving, it's not going to inspire the masculine to show up for us. And when I'm speaking on this topic, I don't just, this, this doesn't just apply to masculine to figures in our lives or to men in our lives. It applies to everything. What we appreciate expands in our lives. What we expect expands in our lives. What we focus on expands in our lives. And what we actively choose to cherish, respect, and appreciate in a deeply embodied way expands in our lives. And one thing I think which is really important to know is unconditional acceptance of the way someone is showing up for us. And for example, when my roommate delivered me my egg sandwich for breakfast, my immediate thought was, oh, but there's no avocado. I love avocado in my sandwiches, right? It's like my brain is already wired. My baseline has been nitpicking. What's wrong with this? How can I make it better? And so I'm learning to consciously rewire my brain to instead actually appreciate and accept exactly what has shown up in front of me exactly as it is and that's all that anyone wants or anything wants in this life is unconditional acceptance exactly as we are that's what we deeply desire it's what the people in our lives deeply desire it's what our manifestations need right like so many people block themselves they say i want to manifest a 10k month and then they manifest their first 8k month and there's no appreciation because the 8k wasn't 10k Where are you blocking yourself from receiving by refusing to actually, actively, in an embodied way, appreciate what you're already receiving in your reality? Unconditional acceptance, right? We can desire more while still unconditionally appreciating and accepting what is here for us. And the only way that whatever is in our life can expand, whether it's money or the way someone is showing up for us or a relationship, right? You want your relationship to be better. You want your bank account to look better. You want your body to look a different way. 
The only way to get there with ease without forcing or manipulating is by accepting unconditionally what already is. By appreciating and unconditionally accepting what already is. I don't care if there's one dollar in your bank account. Are you able to find some ounce of appreciation for that dollar? You want your relationship to improve, whether it's romantic or friendship. Are you spending most of your time ruminating over the things that person is doing wrong? Have you spent any time actively appreciating within you and also openly to them the things that they actually are doing right? People who do not feel appreciated begin to close. And this can apply to ourselves as well. We're so quick to judge and and nitpick the versions of ourselves that don't feel good enough. Right? Like, let's say there's a habit that you don't like about yourself. Maybe you feel like you procrastinate too much or you have trouble leaving a situation you know isn't good for you or it could be anything. And we're so quick to judge the parts of ourselves or the versions of ourselves or the identities within ourselves that are taking part in these habits that we deem as wrong. And we want so badly to change these parts of ourselves without realizing that trying to change something never creates long-term change because it's coming from a place of force and manipulation in the same way we can try to change our partners or our friends or our family members. But has that ever really worked out for anyone in the long term? No, of course not. Trying to change is always coming from the energy of you're not good enough as you are, whether it's ourselves or someone else. An unconditional acceptance and appreciation is what inspires organic change. So in the same with ourselves. So let's just use the example if you have a procrastination problem that you don't like about yourself. Now, a really common cause of procrastination is perfectionism. Let's say you learned when you were a child that when you did things really, really well, you received a lot of appreciation and what felt like love to you. And when you didn't do things very well in the eyes of your parents or peers or people around you, you didn't receive appreciation or maybe you were even yelled at. So you quickly learned that to avoid the pain of rejection and feeling unlovable, you couldn't complete anything unless it was perfect. That pressure can lead to procrastination. You're procrastinating beginning something that you know it's going to be difficult for you to show up as perfect in this way. And so we procrastinate. And that procrastination is actually a way for our inner child to protect us from the pain of failing, from the pain of not showing up perfectly, from the pain of feeling unlovable. So if you think about it, the version of you or the part of you that's procrastinating is actually just trying to protect you. That version of you is on the same team as you, as your highest self, as what you know that you want for yourself. We all want to feel lovable, but different parts of us have different ways of going about making sure that we are loved and that we feel lovable. And so here's what we can do. We can say, okay, this part of me that's procrastinating, let me try to change and fix that part of me because I actually don't feel good enough when I am procrastinating. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel lovable. I feel like a mess. I feel like I need to be better. We can go that down that direction and try to fix our procrastination quote unquote problem from a place of willpower and self-control. This almost always creates burnout and frustration and shame spirals when we fall back into the pattern. Or we can come from a place of unconditional acceptance and compassion and empathy and say, wait, instead of just focusing on what's wrong here, what I'm deeming as wrong, can I actually choose to appreciate and accept and love this version of me? Because all she's doing is trying to protect me from pain. She wants to guarantee that I'm going to feel loved no matter what. And even though right now it's sabotaging and that is no longer what is best for me, she doesn't know that. Can I accept this part of me? Because the part of me that's choosing to procrastinate is still worthy of love. That part of me just wants to be witnessed. That part of me just wants to be accepted. That part of me just wants to receive love. That's it. And from that space of actually unconditionally accepting and understanding, having compassion for, witnessing and loving that part of you, realizing realizing that that version of you is on the same team as you, by doing that, We open up a spaciousness 
for organic change with ease. That pattern is no longer going to have as much power over you anymore because it doesn't need your attention anymore. She got what she wanted. Because what happens when you try to force yourself to change a pattern like that before having some sense of acceptance or, or love for that version of us? We're shaming and judging that part of us as wrong. We're pushing it into our shadow where it will become a part of our unconscious and unconsciously manifest in every area of our life. And we won't understand why. And this reminds me of this week I did a Q&A on my stories and I actually had a few people ask questions about how to love themselves. And I spoke on this a little bit in the episode I put out last week about self-acceptance, but I wanted to speak specifically on the question of how to love yourself because I think so much of the teachings out there on self-love are missing a big piece and that is that the energy and intention behind everything matters more than the thing or strategy that we're following itself. And the thing is you can try really hard to love yourself and you can do all the things but it's still going to feel like you're not truly able to really feel that love because it's coming from this place of feeling the need to fix yourself. Because what happens when we feel like we can't love ourselves and we see all this self-development content out there saying the most important thing is to love yourself first. And then what happens? We naturally begin to judge and shame the part of ourselves that doesn't love ourselves. We say, wow, I should be able to love myself. But right now, I don't feel love for myself. What's wrong with me? I need to fix this part of me. I need to heal myself and learn how to love myself because it is not okay for me to not love myself. We make not loving ourselves wrong. And there is really no such thing as right or wrong in, in the universe, in life, in the world. But when we deem a part of ourselves as being wrong and we try to change it from that energy of this part of me is wrong, I need to change it. What we resist persists. That part of us gets even stronger, but we push it into the shadows because we're ashamed of it, right? Let's using, I'm just going to keep using this as, as an example. Let's say you feel like there's a part of you that doesn't love yourself. Well, we shame that. We've pushed it into the shadows. And we don't want to look at it. We don't want to feel that we repress it. And then from that place, it grows bigger and bigger and bigger until it feels like a monster. And we're really, really terrified of it. And we really want to get rid of that monster. We just want to get rid of that monster that can't love us, right? That part of us that feels like it can't love ourselves. Anything that we shame or judge or deem as unworthy or wrong gets pushed in the shadow and, and it becomes an even stronger part of us and it's going to unconsciously dictate our behavior and we're not going to realize it and we're going to try on this conscious level to learn to love ourselves and do all of these things but we still have this monster we've created in the shadows and when I say monster we've created it's not actually a monster but we create this monster in our mind with all this shame and judgment that we place on these pieces of ourselves so the first step to truly 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 really loving yourself isn't loving yourself for all of your good qualities and all of the amazing things that you do. Those parts of you are lovable too. But the first step is looking at the part of you that feels unable to give yourself love, right? That part of you that was hurt so badly at some point in your life that that part of you feels unable to give any love to yourself. And so that version of yourself that you've been judging and pushing away and making wrong and saying, I should be able to love myself. Well, that version of you is also lovable and that version of you wants to be accepted. That part of you doesn't really want to be fixed or changed or to be made wrong. That part of you wants to feel validated. And so what if instead of trying to love yourself from this energy of making it wrong that you don't love yourself, you simply accepted that, okay, right now there's a version of me who doesn't feel capable of loving myself as I am and that's okay. I don't need to make that wrong. I don't need to try to fix it or change it. I don't need to effort really, really hard to, to fix all of these things about myself and force myself to love myself. What, I, what if I could just accept that part of me that doesn't feel as though I'm able to love myself? Because all long-term change comes from the energy of acceptance, not from the energy of force. Like if you if you... I'm sure everyone has a piece of this. Like maybe you don't feel like you don't love yourself at all, but I'm sure there's parts of yourself that you feel like you're unable to love. 
or there's things about yourself that you feel like you're unable to love, right? And you have this story of I should love myself unconditionally. I should love all parts of myself. But when we create shoulds, it means that we're making ourselves wrong. We're making our current state of being. We're making our current feelings wrong. So whatever that should is, I should love myself more. I should love this part of me or I should love all of me. Whatever the story is. What if you just breathed into it and let that shit go? You don't need to hold on to that. It's not your job to constantly be fixing and healing yourself. The part of you that feels unable to love certain parts of you wants your attention. And once you take the pressure off of yourself for needing to fix something about yourself or needing to shift or change or heal, once that pressure is gone, you can just accept what actually is right now, what is your real lived experience right now, once you validate that without making it wrong, that's when the healing with ease comes in. That's when the resistance starts to melt away on its own. That's when that monster inside of you begins to take off all of the layers, all of the masks, and you realize it wasn't a monster after all. It was just another version of yourself hiding under all of these layers because of all of the shame. And this is the thing when you try to force yourself to love yourself or force yourself to do anything. It's like you're trying to force yourself to love a version of yourself that isn't really you. Because right now, your real valid experience, what is like really you in this moment, is the experience of not feeling like you're able to love yourself. So what is my point here? What's my message? Like what I want you to take away from this? That you could take anything away from this. I would want it to be that I would invite you to stop making yourself wrong, stop making your experiences wrong, stop making how you are right now in this exact moment wrong. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You don't need fixing. You can't fix what is not broken. Right now, exactly as you are, exactly as you feel, no matter what your life looks like or how you feel like on the inside, you are lovable. You are already lovable. You are already worthy in this exact moment. If you never achieved anything ever again, if you never did any healing ever again, if you never grew or expanded ever again, you would still be equally as lovable. There is nothing you could ever do to change that. No more forced healing in the name of fixing ourselves. No more forced healing in the name of fixing what's wrong with us, changing what's wrong with us. It's like we've almost used self-love as this term that really describes rejecting aspects of ourselves. We reject the aspect of us that doesn't love us and then we use that to motivate ourselves to try to love ourselves more. But really, in the name of self-love, all we're doing is rejecting the part of ourselves that doesn't feel like we love ourselves. So you don't need more active forced healing or fixing or changing. You need more unconditional, radical acceptance of yourself exactly as and how you are. And I wanted to share this message that came through really strongly last week. I shared it on my stories and I've been feeling into the collective energy. And we are all collectively experiencing massive expansion right now. And with massive expansion comes triggers a lot of insecurities are being brought to the surface for a lot of people a lot of people are examining parts of themselves that have previously been hidden in the shadows and it can be a lot there's a lot moving right now there's a lot of energy moving and so when when I did that Q&A this week and I was reading all of your questions and really feeling into your energy I, what really came through really strongly reading all of your questions was that we all really want the same thing when it comes down to it. What you were all asking me, what you are all really looking for on a deep level underneath your questions, like the real questions you had underneath the surface level of the questions that you asked, I could feel what you were really looking for. And that was validation. We all just want to know that we're not alone, that there's nothing wrong with us, that we're not the only one experiencing this, that we're not way behind that we're going to be okay. And so I just want to validate for you that you are going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. And this whole journey, it wasn't meant to be easy. And you're doing really, really well. 
And everyone else is secretly feeling the same insecurities as you. Everyone else is also secretly feeling really alone in their insecurities and how they're feeling right now. You're not the only one. There is nothing wrong with you. And you're so lovable right now in this exact moment. There's nothing you could do to become more lovable than you already are. Even if you don't feel that or you can't see that, it doesn't make it not true. You don't need to have it all together. You don't even need to pretend to have it all together. It's okay to not be the strong one all the time. There's a lot of strength in vulnerability. There's a lot of strength in softening. There's a lot of strength in allowing yourself to be human. There's a lot of strength in allowing yourself to fuck up and continually choosing to accept yourself anyway. There is a lot of strength in allowing yourself to admit that you don't have the answers, that you don't know what's next, that some things are really messy right now, or that you made a big mistake, or you fell back into a pattern that that you didn't want to fall back into. There is a lot of strength in bringing all of that to the light and looking at it, looking at it in the light, And choosing to accept yourself anyway. Just take a deep breath. If you listen to the podcast, maybe even pause and just take like three deep breaths, really. And let all of that fall off your shoulders. You don't need to hold all of this. There is nothing to fix. There is nothing to fix. There is nothing to fix about yourself. Deep breath. You're going to be okay. I don't think there's a person in the world who doesn't need to hear that. You are going to be okay and you can handle this just like you always have. And this time you don't need to do it alone. You don't need to handle it all on your own. You don't need to hold it all on your own. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're trying to figure out, just for a few moments, just let it go. (laughs) Give it up to God. This is not for you to figure out on your own and you don't need to put that pressure on yourself anymore. This is the softening. This is the really deep, real work that changes lives. When we shift from, I need to manipulate reality and I need to heal myself because these parts of myself are wrong, aren't good enough need to be fixed or changed or need to be made better, need to be healed so that I can manifest what I want. No more of that. No more forcing. No more manifesting from an energy of scarcity or rejection of parts of ourselves. We get to move into a space of embodiment, of being. Who I am being right now is enough if I am being with all of it that is present. I don't need to actively try to heal all of these things. I just need to be with myself as I am and fully witness these parts of me and accept them and even send them some love. This is the softening. This is the opening, right? When we soften, when we melt into ourselves, when we allow ourselves to actually inch our hearts slowly open by giving, by like shining light and love on on the shadows, the darkest, darkest, darkest parts of us. Right When we integrate the light with the dark within us, that is a, that's your superpower. That's your radiance. That's your magnetism. That's your point of attraction. That's everything. When you integrate yourself as whole again, when you like really bring back all of these parts of yourself that you've shamed and shoved away and detached from and disassociated from, When you realize that all parts of yourselves, even the parts that you've deemed as wrong or rejected, all parts of yourselves are on the same team. All parts of yourselves deeply desire love for you, but they're all just going about it in completely different ways. And we get to have empathy and compassion for all of those ways. And we get to bring them all back and love on all of them. Like sometimes I imagine the different, like I have just like hundreds of different versions of myself within me. Right? Like there's that, like there's the version of me who procrastinates because she just wants to make sure everything is perfect. And then there's like that, that part of me who gets herself into relationship dynamics that she doesn't want to be in because she learned that she wasn't worthy of more. And there's that part of me that 
pushes me to overwork and to hustle because she believes she's only worthy of love if she's achieving. And, you know, there's that that version of me who who is quick to people please, to be agreeable, to make sure that everyone likes me so that I can't possibly be rejected and experience the pain or loss of love. There's a lot of these different versions of myself and they are all always active, of course. But they all come to the surface sometimes. But now, the work right now is to no longer shame or reject them or make them wrong. Instead, sometimes I just imagine like scooping them all up and giving them a big hug and thanking them for trying to protect me. Just accepting them exactly as they are without trying to change them. Right? Like, it's okay that you want to procrastinate right now. It's okay that you fell into this relationship dynamic. It's okay that you're overworking right now or whatever piece is fl- whatever piece of me is flaring up at that moment it's okay i still accept you as you are oof and then that version of me gets to relax gets to just soften a little bit and that version of me no longer has as much stamina or motivation to engage in whatever habit they were engaging in Because you don't need to try so hard to make sure you're lovable when you're already receiving love. So if we can accept and love those parts of ourselves that are engaging in the behaviors we don't like, they have less steam behind them to engage in these behaviors we don't like in order to receive love, right? Because that's always unconscious intention. We're all on the same team. All parts of you want love. And all parts of you learn to go about it in a completely different way. But those parts of you are still lovable. Those parts of you are still worthy. And they really want your attention. That's why they're acting out. So whatever part of you, you have a should in your life, right? Like, oh, I should not be doing this or I should be doing more of this. Whatever you're judging yourself for, just take a moment and imagine that version of yourself who is engaging in that behavior or who once experienced so much pain or loss of love that they learn to take part in that behavior to protect themselves and just imagine giving them a really big hug and letting them know that you accept them as they are and that you fully witness and appreciate that they are trying to protect you let them know that hey we're on the same team we both want love but I am no longer going to reject you or abandon you I am choosing right now to love you as you are even within this behavior that I want to change because you can accept a part of you and still want to change it. You can accept a part of you and even choose to love a part of you and still want and desire and intend to change it. That's different from rejecting a part of you and intending to change it from the energy of rejection and the energy of shame. And this has just been coming up and coming up and coming up in the collective, which is why I spoke on it last week and I spoke on it kind of in more detail with more nuances this week Because it's really present right now for a lot of people. And I'm sure if you're listening, it resonates in some way or you wouldn't have been called to this episode. But it's something I've been experiencing in my life. Because, you know, whatever you teach, if you're a coach or a leader in any way, right, your work is to be more deeply embodied, to go deeper into your teachings than you ever even take your clients. We as leaders get to go even deeper into our shadows. So I'm always initiated into patterns that I'm about to teach on or that I'm about to guide people through or that I'm about to share on in my podcast, etc. And I recently in my life found myself in patterns that I noticed I was shaming myself for. I found myself fall back into old patterns that I judged as toxic. Like, why am I back here, Kristen? Why am I doing this again? I thought we knew better by now. And... You know, when I took a step back, I realized what it really was, was this was an opportunity. Because we can be, it can be easy to judge ourselves and say, hey, this pattern I fell back into, I thought I already healed this, right? This makes me less worthy of being a leader. This makes me less worthy of showing up. Or what would people think? What would my clients think if they saw this, right? This is really common for coaches and leaders or for anyone in life who feels like you've fallen back into a pattern that you've already worked through. But what it really is, is an opportunity, for deeper and radical acceptance of self. 
unconditional acceptance because what you're what you're being asked what you're being invited into is can I love myself here can I accept myself here can I love and accept myself and what feels like my lowest like I've been initiated into that in every area of my life in the past year I've been asked can I love and accept myself when I'm not achieving can I love and accept myself when my life is an, is an absolute fucking mess. Can I love and accept myself when I feel like my health is declining? I've been initiated into all of these different areas. And now recently it's been, can I love and accept myself when I find myself engaging in a pattern that I don't want to be in, that I felt like I've outgrown, that I thought I had already healed? Can I love myself here? That's the work. Can I allow myself to be fully human and accept myself within this behavior, within this pattern? And this can literally be applied to any area of life, wherever you're holding on to shame right now. What is that thing that makes you feel really unworthy of everything that you want? Really unworthy of love, really unworthy of friendship, really unworthy of money, really unworthy of clients, really unworthy of success. All of those things, those are opportunities. Can you love yourself there? Or can you at least accept yourself there? Can you allow that part of you to exist without making it wrong? Without making it mean that you're broken or there's something wrong with you or there's something that needs to be fixed? Once again, it doesn't mean that we don't have the intention or the desire to shift this if you want to. But that needs to be paired with unconditional acceptance of self within the thing that we wish to change. Doesn't even mean that you need to like it about yourself. But can you simply accept it? Accept that this pattern, whether it's an actual behavior or a thought pattern or a feeling, this thing that you want to change is here to help you. It just doesn't know how. And this message has just been asking to come to the surface for the past month or so. I think I've been talking a lot about shame and a lot about self-acceptance and self-love, but like deep, 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 deep embodied self-acceptance, self-acceptance and self-love, like within the darkness, within the shadows, within the realms of the monsters, self-acceptance and, and love there. This has been such a central theme in the collective and with a lot of my clients and in my life in the past few weeks, which is why I'm just hammering it in on the podcast because this is, you know, I, I always talk about this as well. All of you are here because you want more ease. You want to attract a life of more ease. But we get to soften into that, right? We can't force our way there. We can only ease our way there. And that means softening. That means melting back into ourselves. That means relaxing more. And how do we relax more? Right? We're going to be anxiously manifesting what's coming from a place of not feeling good enough as we are. But when you realize, wait, every single person has shame stories. Every single person has insecurities and things that make them feel like they're not good enough. They're not worthy. Once we realize that there's nothing wrong with us and we relax and accept these parts for ourselves, now suddenly we're more embodied in this, in this surrendered state of being rather than in a state of desperation to try to force things to change or try to manipulate reality. And this is really on a deep level how we move from forceful manifesting into easeful attracting. And I always say this once again, it's like one of my coin phrases. The ease doesn't mean easy. Everything I spoke about here, I don't want to just make it seem like it's super easy and that you should be able to do it really quickly. This is like some deep, deep, deep work that I usually guide clients through in a personal journey together because this work isn't meant to be done alone. However, you can practice this in moments, just breathing some acceptance into your body when you find yourself freezing up in moments of shame, in moments of guilt, in moments of self-judgment. Just breathing some acceptance and some love into those places within you. For a few moments before going on with your day. 
Just practicing taking moments of deep presence and consciousness to realign your energy before taking action, before doing all the things. So I had a little bit more I wanted to share, but it feels really right to end this episode here. And in the next podcast, I'll share everything else that's going on in my life. I hope that you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. If you do feel called to work with me, I said this before, I think I'm going to take on about two, possibly three, but probably only two clients. That's what I feel coming through right now for the next few months as I slow things down and focus on my own personal journey. If you feel like that's you, the link is in the show notes to apply, or you can send me a message on Instagram at Pursuita Bliss with an underscore. Once again, it means the world to me when you all share the podcast and tag me on Instagram. You guys keep making me cry with your messages you're sending me and with your reposts. It just, it's crazy that I started this podcast three years ago, you know, not even really knowing if I had a real message to share and really thinking that in my wildest dreams, only my friends, maybe friends of friends and family would ever be listening. And now here we are with people literally all over the world listening to my voice and you guys the thing is that's so amazing is you're not just listening you're taking what I'm saying and you're actually embodying it and applying it to your life then you're telling me about how it's happening and I have tears in my eyes right now saying this because it's so beautiful and I'm so honored that I get to be in this space and share this space and share my messages and share my voice with all of you and and be really heard and witnessed by all of you and I'm just so honored that you're here listening and that you're taking a lot of you from what I've seen, from what I've heard from you, you're taking my words to heart and you're applying it to your lives. And that makes me overjoyed because that's why I get on here and share the scary, vulnerable things in the hopes that some of you will be moved and it will move you enough to shift something in your reality. So it means the world when you share the podcast on your stories and tag me. It means the world when you let me know what these episodes mean to you or how they moved you. I can't even tell you how many times I've cried this week receiving your messages. Um, so thank you deeply and truly from my heart. Thank you. I appreciate you for being here, uh, for being on this journey with me, for sharing this space with me. And also if the podcast has helped you in any way, it would mean the world to me as well. If you would leave an honest review on iTunes, because that really helps me. And I love you so much. Thank you for being here and I'll talk to you all next week.